Alright, welcome back, friends and scoundrels, to Horror in the Hills. I'm Bran. Sarah. Robbie. And today we are covering Scream 4. So, uh, today we're doing Scream 4. This is also a movie of my monsters. We were just all kinds of out of whack here. And where I watch a horror movie with my children and then we talk about it afterwards. Because my children are monsters. <laughs> of course we are. Alright, so they are adamant about having this argument that they were having before. I don't even know what it's about because I was down here not helping get set up. <laughs> well, what, what were you guys talking about? Uh, I think, I thought I saw that Olivia was gutted, but Fox thinks she wasn't and she was just stabbed a whole bunch. Is that your position? Yep. Nope, she was gutted. Yeah, but she wasn't cut open. So, stabbing all around the room, yes, on her bed, being stabbed. Then what did he do? Broke her through the window. Yeah. And let her hang there for a moment. Then rolled her over and started making a knife movement, right? I didn't see it. Those marks were on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what happened. And then um, when Sydney runs over and goes up to her bedroom later... We see Olivia's guts all over her bed. So while she was lit on her back out the window, the killer cut her stomach open to pull her guts out. Man, that was a disappointing <laughs> argument. <laughs> what else were you talking about? Sorry. Uh, whether we thought Gail sh should be let to help with the investigation or not. Okay, and? Oh, I think that... She should have been, because she did most of the work for the first two. And at the end, she's obviously better at it, because Joey couldn't figure out how did she know about that Gail had a matching wound. In those moments, think about, well, not explicitly similar, but moments where your emotions are running high, and... Other things are going on. Are you thinking clearly? No, no. Now, from Dewey's perspective, I can understand not wanting her to get involved. Not necessarily, I'm going to try to protect you kind of thing. But he's the sheriff now. Because, like, the first one, he's just the deputy, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, he's on some kind of leave. He's not attached to the police force very strongly, right? Yeah. And the third one, well, he's still a deputy with Woodsboro. They're in Los Angeles, so he's not officially a police there, policeman there either. Yeah. Or a law enforcement officer. So it, it's less of a conflict of interest for him and Gail to be working together on those, um, in those situations. Additionally, they're not together when the mo those each movie starts, unlike this one where they are married still. Right? Yeah. The first one, it's implied that maybe something was there, or that something might be building. Yeah. And then the second one starts, and they're fighting with each other because she wrote stupid stuff about him in her book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's an implication that they might get together. Yeah. Again, then she writes another book and makes Dewey look stupid again. 
and he's upset about that. Yeah. And then the third one ends and he's proposed. So there's that. But I can also understand Gil's perspective because, like I said to mommy upstairs before we came down, Gail's struggling with her career. She's also struggling with her identity because, you know, she's gone from the peak, gone from the top of things, and she's chosen to go back down to the bottom. It's not like anything happened and she fell and it was against her will. She chose to move back to Woodsboro to be with Dewey and to have a more quiet life and to try to write other kinds of stuff and do normal journalism. But we find, you know, she's not doing journalism anymore at this point. She's trying to just be a writer. And she's struggling with it very, you know, quite a bit. Yeah. So it makes sense that she would want to be involved in this because that's what her identity is attached to as an individual. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We also had this theory with the end because Jill and Charlie were the killers. Mm-hmm. And when Jill crawled under the bed, uh, and Kirby and Sydney went downstairs, Ch- we think Charlie, I think Ch- Charlie and Jill might have, Charlie might have given Jill the costume. Mm-hmm. And then gotten out downstairs somehow. Gotten downstairs mm-hmm. outside. It was already outside. Yeah. So it makes sense. And then, I don't know. I don't want to think about that too hard. But I, I agree with you. I think they traded costumes or shared the costume at some point. Uh, I think that Charlie just hid the costume somewhere and Jill got her own. That could be too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we don't see happening. So there's a lot of things that are possible. I didn't like thing at the beginning with the movie and the movie and the movie. No. Me and the movie. It made it slightly more stupid than the third one. Yeah, I got confused. Is that the only thing you think that made it stupid? Yes. I got really Alright. <laughs> so, I thought it would never stop. I thought it was never going to stop and that would just be the movie. I thought it was just introducing the killers to ruin the movie at the beginning. Hmm. So, you know who the killers are, and then there's no point to really watch it, because that's the only thing that I take joy in. Well, you gotta... Sorry. Sorry. You gotta remember, too, these movies are commenting on horror movies, and the state of horror movies. So, at that time, remakes and reboots had, like, pretty much worn out their welcome. Like, people were over it by then. Yeah. So, because then you had a couple different Halloween remakes, technically. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the last ones. Friday the 13th. Um, Hills Have, like, they went back into some deep stuff. Hills Have, or Hills Have Eyes and, you know, a whole bunch of movies that you guys haven't watched yet. <laughs> the original or the remake. And it, it is making a comment there on the ridiculousness of some of this stuff and how ridiculous sequels start becoming. The first time you watched this, who did you think the killer was? 
Mm. I honestly don't remember, even though it's only been a few short years. Like, I didn't watch this when it originally came out. I was pretty cynical on stuff at the time. And I kind of removed from horror in general, because mommy doesn't like it. And yeah. It was early in our relationship. I did watch this since we've been back in Nebraska. And I do remember thinking that the movie was a lot better than I expected it to be. And, but I don't remember trying to guess who the killers were. Up until recently, I'm not, I haven't been too much into doing that. And even now, first time watching things, I try not to do that kind of stuff. Because I don't find it enjoyable for the movie. Trying to predict it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you watch a movie and you can't help but predict what's going to happen. But if you guys find enjoyment in that, by all means do it. So, I'm going to reverse the question on you. Who did you think the killers were at first? I thought it was going to be Trevor. Super sneaky ninja guy. Uh, what was the guy with the headphone camera thing? Mm, I forget. Neither of us remember his name. I, I don't remember his name really either. Dylan, I think, maybe. Um, when in the end they said something about Charlie, someone else, and Robbie, but I don't... Robbie's his name. So... Trevor, so Charlie's the long hair boy, right? Yeah, yeah. Robbie was his friend, the guy with the camera, and Trevor was Jill's ex-boyfriend. So... I thought it was Trevor, Charlie, and they made um, Robbie do the phone calls or something because. It's interesting. He, because um, Robbie said something about killers having uh, cameras to record the murders. <laughs> because it's. It's, it's the new thing, right? Yeah. So, YouTube wasn't exactly new at the time, but it was still in its earlier days. Like, I don't even, I wasn't even watching YouTube at the time. Right? Because I'm a boomer. <laughs> but, um, it was in its earlier days and it was a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah. But, like, Twitter was a thing, and Facebook, uh, I don't think Instagram was yet. So there's a lot of social media that wasn't. It was mostly Facebook and Twitter. Because in, in, like, Stab 6, because uh, in the beginning it was 5, 6, 7, right? I guess. <laughs> I was reading at the time, because I really wanted to finish that chapter. So. Because in 5... Because in Stab 5, shows us uh, two killers coming out. Mm -hmm. Then Stab 6, uh, they're watching... They're watching... They're watching them... Stab 5 right? on the couch. And then, and then she stabs her. Right? Mm -hmm. I forget what I was getting at. I lost it. I'm trying to explain it. And then... The, then stab seven. No, it was something that happened in stab six. I'm getting after. Uh, the two girls talking about how dumb the movie is, and 
I think it was six. It's one was a person that I stabbed in the chest by the other person watching the movie. I know. I'm trying to think. I lost it. You ramble on about okay. something for a minute. So, what are you thinking? So, in, when they were watching, so in Scott of Seven, I think they're watching Stab Six, and then that's the one with, uh, where, uh, what's her name, the person with the gray shirt in the beginning, brown hair girl, uh, well, whatever her name was, uh, she got killed and then the other person came downstairs and started looking around or something, I think. When our movie actually starts? Yeah, and then she gets killed. And then when the movie starts... No, okay. They're watching the movie, and then one put... No. I think they're watching the movie, maybe not. And then I forget what happened. It's gone, I completely lost it. Oh, well. Yeah, the beginning of... I don't even know where you're going, because it was completely <laughs> off-topic from what we were talking about anyways. I mean, the beginning of the movie is, like, far off in another country. Then. Well, but it sets up this expectation of, is this really the movie, or is it not? Right? Because, like, yeah. the first fake beginning, the first cold open, if you will, is pretty decent, right? Yeah. Because that's the two girls, and... One of them gets stabbed, and the other one opens the door and gets her throat slit, right? Yeah. And then it goes into Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell, the two blonde girls, sitting on the couch. Yeah. And then she just reaches over and stabs her. Yeah. And then I missed the third one. I was pretty into my book at that point. So then I, when I started watching again, it was back into the actual movie, which is... The girl in the gray and the girl in the pink. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're watching step seven. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting messed up in the beginning. Yeah. It's but like it, it does set up because each one of those movies gets more ridiculous, right? Yeah. And then it kind of gets serious again. And you're like, you're not sure if it is or not. Yeah. But then it is the movie starting. Like so... This, this isn't what I was going to say, but I think the first, the five, six, seven stab movies mm -hmm. in the beginning are a little bit more graphic than the actual movie other than Olivia's death. Okay, now, uh, what I was going to say after Robbie making the phone calls, in the first one, I thought that they were forcing... Sydney's dad to make phone calls. Yeah? Yeah. See, I don't buy that one because he's not complicit at all. But I could see Robbie being complicit and him helping them set up the recordings and maybe even doing some of the filming. Not real, not realizing what he's getting into? No, knowing what he's getting into. Like, he's an accomplice. He's in on it. And maybe that's why they wouldn't help Gail. It's, it is there to set up, you know, the red herrings. There's a lot of red herrings like usual, right? Yeah. Creepy boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. What's her name? The chick that Charlie wants. I don't. Kirby? Kirby. Kirby. 
Uh, she disappears suspiciously a few times, right? Yeah. And she knows all this stuff. Um, Charlie obviously has some. Jill, not quite so much until she's supposed to be up in her bedroom. And the cops making the perimeter, right? Yeah. Um, what else? Is it? There's there's quite a few. Uh. But I want to backtrack a little bit because we're kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out there. So, did you notice how Trevor's dressed at the end? No. He's dressed up like Sydney's dad was, blue jean jacket, khaki pants. I didn't notice that. I don't really pay attention to people's clothes. I've seen this a couple of times, so I have more room in my brain to pay attention to those things. I noticed Rebecca and Jill look super duper similar, and it was really confusing. And did they shove uh, the killer shove Sydney's dad into a nearby closet? Right. So that mirroring, if you will, or the poetic repetition of or poetic rhyming, so it ends in a kitchen, he's shoved in a pantry, um, them uh, bantering back and forth about uh, the situation, about the murders and everything. Some of the murders were similar to the first couple movies. Yeah. Because, like, in two, when yeah. Derek comes back into the house, do you remember? Yeah. When they're at that party. Uh-huh. Derek comes back in and he confronts the killer and he gets cut. Yeah. Jill comes into the house. She gets attacked and gets cut in a similar way. Yeah. Uh, Cece, the girl right before that in two, she gets stabbed a bunch of times and thrown off the balcony. Uh-huh. And then the publicist, Rebecca, she gets stabbed a bunch and thrown off the roof. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between all these things. And I, li- I like the kind of bending the rules aspect this introduces with Robbie. Mm-hmm. Because he's explaining the rules when Gail and Sydney are there for Cinema Club. Okay. I missed that for some reason. Maybe I don't... Maybe they didn't really get into it in an interesting way. That was memorable. What does he lay the rules out as? only one of them comes back. If you're gay, you can't die? Yeah. Because he was like, wait, there's ghouls, and then he gets killed. Wait. Yeah. But another ghoul comes back. Which one? I don't remember, but it's the only ghoul that I know of. Is it one of the rules from the first ones? Uh. Don't well, say I'll be right back? That does come in, but it's a different rule I'm thinking of. I'll be right back with is what I was going to get into next. Uh, it's like far near the end. One of the killers says it. I think Charlie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Charlie says that. But says the rules. And I like that it brings back rules from the first one, too. Like, don't say I'll be right back. Yeah. And it jokes cops, on it, right? Yeah, because the cops are making a little bit of a deal out of the rules of horror movies. And uh, rem- I remember one of the rules from the first one, I think. I think in the first one it said don't do drugs or something. Eh? 
And then in the last one, and uh, what was the rule that you said? Don't say I'll be right back. No, not that. Uh, the only way to live is if you're gay. Oh, it's that. Uh, I think that the ghost face guy, I was confused, paused for a second because he was doing, he was drinking alcohol or something before that, and then, uh, but I don't know if that was really tying back to the first one. And I like the introduction of the different, of the cop rules, and, uh, I like when the ghost face, it happened twice, once when the Robbie died, and then when the cops were dying, when they, when the ghost face person, whoever was killing at the moment, uh, tilted their head like a dog when dogs are confused, they tilt their head, and I think that the ghost face was confused because sometimes when I'm confused, when I'm confused, I tilt my head. I made a reference to that. He's googling it. Oh, that's what you were okay. <laughs> well, because and this plays into the rules a little bit. I thought you were referencing back to, or I thought you meant he had a phone in his hand. He was literally googling oh. it. That's okay. If you had said dog Googled it or something yeah, more that, relevant. You said that ghost face had to Google it and he tilted his head like a dog. I, I missed that too, though. So, well, I kind of, I was focusing on a different part of the screen, so I didn't That's see That's why it. you pay attention to the little background thing. I was just looking at his blackness on screen. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. I have the rules here. Don't f*** with the original. The death scenes have to be way more extreme. Unexpected is the new cliche. Virgins can die now. New versions are always 2.0, so the latest technology is always involved and integral to the plot. This means the killer may start filming the murders. Which is a direct quote. That's, uh, you have to have an opening sequence. If you want to survive in a modern day horror movie, you pretty much have to be gay. Those are the rules that are established in this. I don't remember all of the cop rules. Uh, one is if you're going to retire, you have to die. If you're like a week from retirement, if you're a rookie and your wife is pregnant, or if your partner looks better than you. But that kind of an in-joke in the movie. Ah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's the movie making fun of itself. And wasn't the cop in the driver's seat? Named Rookie? I only remember their last names. They're Perkins and Haas. Aren't those their last names, though? Yeah. So Perkins is a reference to Anthony Perkins, who plays, um, why can't I think of his name? From Psycho. You guys haven't watched that yet, have you? No. Nope. And I don't really want to. I don't think so. Norman Bates. Anthony Perkins plays Norman Bates uh, in Psycho. Oh, we're going to watch it. <laughs> we've watched, we watched Doctor Sleep with you, though. Doctor Oh, yeah. You guys have. You watched a little bit of The Shining, too. Um, I'm not sure if Haas is a reference to anything. 
So, what else do you guys got? Uh, I don't really remember any of the middle part. I just have a bunch of theories about the end, and then the beginning was stupid. Uh, oh, I hated the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to find clues on who the, mo the killer was, and it was just terrible for watching. Like, terrible how? Um, the camera work was kind of bad. It was mostly the lighting because at some points it was too bright to see. At some points it was too dark. So that is kind of one of the common complaints about this movie is that it's difficult to see at times. And also, uh, they just like ruined the entire series for me. How so? Like, uh, moving back to Woodsboro ruined it for me and but why did that ruin it uh because uh Woodsboro was it's like uh it's it's kind of like uh what's the town from pennywise dairy 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 to me because dairy is a really scary town and Woodsboro is just kind of a scary town to me and it's called It, not Pennywise. You got it across to me. <laughs> yeah. So, you also got to remember, too, that Scream 3 was in 2000. Yeah. So, it's taking place in, like, 1999, maybe 2000. And then, or maybe even a little bit later, I think it ties, tries to do a little bit of a time jump. Um, But this one is taking place in 2011. Or 2010, 2012. 2011. So you've got 9 to 11 years time difference here. Nothing's happened in these people's lives. No, it's, it's at least 10. Yeah, because Gail and Dewey have been married for 10 years. And also, uh, it came out in 2011. Right, so like um, it's taking place around that time, right? Yeah. yeah. So... With that, like, ten years of everything being relatively quiet for people. Yeah. Right? But, Sydney's published this, so Dewey and Gail, it makes sense for them to be there. Yeah. And, I mean, would it really be a Scream movie without Dewey and Gail? Whether you like them or not, would it be a Scream movie without them at this point? No. Okay. So, you also have Sydney, who had written a book, and this is... Just a, well, not the last stop on her book tour, but it is a stop. And it's on the anniversary of, or it's around the anniversary of the original murders, which is also the anniversary of her mother's death, right? Yeah. So that's why it, it's a published publicist thing. It's, it's a, like a publisher's, publicist wet dream for this kind of attention that you can align it with this event that this book is based off of, that this person is writing about. Where was I? So it, it just story-wise, it does actually kind of make sense to take it back there. Plus, this is a sequel acting as a remake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the original took place in Woodsboro, so it would make sense that the new one would, or that this one would. I kind of figured Jill was going to be the new Sydney. But I didn't really expect it like that. I thought 
Trevor was going to kill everybody and it would just be Joe left. I thought when... Maybe doing that. When she was jumping on the table, she that Joe was going to die and that Cindy was going to live. Or that Cindy was faking and was going to get up and then... Uh, and then sneak up on uh, Jill and shoot her with the gun. I think that last bit at the hospital mm-hmm. should have been a post-credit scene. Well, so let's get into it. Funny thing about that, that wasn't supposed to be part of the movie. Makes sense, because it's another stupid part. Right? So the movie was supposed to end with everybody leaving... And us not knowing quite who was surviving or not. And it was going to set up this new trilogy. Yeah. But um, the studio came in. The If you missed the sarcasm, I'm prefacing it now. The great and wonderful, brilliant Harvey Weinstein decided that they needed more. So they added that ending. Now thinking about that, do you remember any of the dialogue from the hospital? Mm, Not really, no. It calls itself out. Because Jill says, this was supposed to end at the house. This is just Uh, getting silly. (laughs) uh, Like. I think the beginning and the end kind of made it drag on a little bit. Potentially. Like, if, if once you get into the movie, though, it's paced really quickly. But not so quickly that um, it's boring in that way, and it doesn't drag on in any way that it gets boring. Yeah. I, I do think that this movie, for what it is, is paced pretty well. What do you think will happen in Scream Five when it comes out? We'll circle back to that. When Jill's mom left to get one, the last grocery bag from the car, she said, "I'll be right back." Did she? Uh-huh. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah, she did. So, I also wanted to point out Wes Craven, the guy who directed the other two. Yeah. This was the last movie he ever made. He passed away shortly after this movie was made. That'll make things interesting for the new one, won't it? Yeah. Because this is like the first series that he's done all the... Well, not entirely true, because uh, the original Hills Have Eyes and Hills Have Eyes 2, he... Directed both of those. Yeah. But, um, he directed all four screen movies. And for that many movies, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, even his baby, Nightmare on Elm Street, he only ever directed the first one. And then wrote and produced for the third one. And that was about it. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about with this one? Do you have anything you want to talk about? Well, me talking about ratings and I give it out of 10 a 3 star rating. I gave it a slightly stupider than the third one. Really? <laughs> Just because of the beginning and the end? Yes. <laughs> Alright, well you can't hinge everything on two parts. Like I know that the opening is big, first impressions and all that. Yeah. And you know, the ending is the last thing that you see so it sticks with you more. But is it just quality of the movie? Is that what you guys are talking about? Uh, so that's story and everything, or scares or what? Or is it everything? Everything. 
Uh, I'm going to say, as you guys get older, because we'll probably watch this stuff again, I think as you get older and you understand some of this stuff a little bit better, it'll change your opinions on it. Because you'll have more horror movie knowledge, so that'll help because you'll get some of the references and stuff and what it's commenting on. But you'll also, and, and by the time you're at a proper age to have better thoughts on it, like how much different is society going to be at that time a lot probably a lot i mean it's changed considerably in the last few years since uh since i've been out of the navy and that was 10 11 years ago right 8 22 so yeah about 11 years so about when i about around when i was born because i'm 11 now oh geez maybe longer we don't want to dive too much into it. I don't want to hit the old button. <laughs> um, so, let's talk scary. How did how scary did you find this? Uh, well, I found it kind of scary because at some points I had to use my squishies because of uh, phone calls and nothing happening. And also... Uh, with the parking lot, the garage parking lot thingy, where she couldn't find her car, and the entire scene with that, it was just really scary. Pretty tense, right? Yeah. There was like a tension buildup from when she got off, from when she got onto the elevator to the part where. Oh, she dies. It was really, really tense. Uh, I don't think it was too bad. There was a little more, a little bit more jump scares than the other ones, and a little bit gory. So, do you think? I don't remember if I said it um, during recording or not, but do you think I was right when I said this one was more intense, more scary than the previous ones? I don't remember you talking about that. A continuous pet peeve I've had with these is they're not hanging up the phone or they're not just letting it ring. Would it make a difference though? No, but don't be an idiot and pick the phone back up. Yeah. After two don't calls. Don't pick up to a stranger. After two calls, I would talk, like, smack the phone. After one Which call. would have made uh, for a much different movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Because part of the tension, part of the suspense building and creepiness of this, part of the actual scary parts of this, is the phone calls. Yeah. So, and a lot of times, if you hang up, you're definitely going to die. And if you say that to somebody who's already panicked and afraid, do you think it's likely that they're going to hang up? No. No. But also, you could block them or report them or something. And this one, because it's more modern technology, I get it with the other ones because they don't have the ability to block or report. Not as easily at any rate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could call the cops. But it, it is something that if you want to get hung up on it, you can find a bunch of problems with it, right? Yeah. Or you could just let it go and enjoy the movie. No, it, 
It, it is a crucial part of the movies, and it can seem tedious and a little ridiculous at times. Like, why would you stay on the phone? So let's take this one for this movie, for instance. Um, when Kirby's on the phone, would that scene be as tense? Or when they're in Jill's house? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Uh, Olivia's death? Would that scene be as tense and scary if she did just hang up and somebody jumped out of the other closet? Yeah. Would it done? Uh, no. Yeah. C- because then it would cut out the jump scare of her opening her own closet. Right, because she wouldn't have any reason to open that, and then you'd have to make sure that that window in the background is... Olivia's window in the background is always in view, so that way you can see. But how are they going to know that that's happening to Olivia? Because the killer wants them to know that that's happening. They were calling Olivia when it happened. One of them was on the phone with Olivia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have that, but still. Then they called with Trevor's number. And uh, I also have, and this is to support my theory, Jill was the second killer, and she was in her room at Sydney's house when the killer was calling Kirby. And he couldn't have done it. From the closet, or else, um, what's her name? Olivia. Olivia would have heard. So, and Jill wouldn't have been calling because she was watching. And she was also... And she was on the phone with Olivia. Yeah. And? That is a good point. But then, how would Robbie know that they were watching Shaun of the Dead? Because the other guy could have called him before that, before Olivia came into her room. Maybe. But I like the thing with, it doesn't have to, I never said it was your closet. So, I, I just wanted to clarify the, the scariness of this one, because I think 5 is going to be a bit more intense. Yeah. And a bit scarier, because again, we're 11 years later again, with the new one coming out. Yeah. Without Les Craven and societal's um, allowances are a lot different now. Yeah. And horror has changed quite a bit since 2011. So again, like, that was coming off the era of remakes. And in the 2010s, horror was kind of trying to reestablish its identity again. There was a lot of good stuff that came out then, but a lot of it was, like, The Conjuring and Paranormal Activity and... That kind of stuff. Yeah. I kind of thought they were going to go somewhere with he's like a ghost. Like one of the previous killers comes back. It's kind of like a zombie ghost thing. Like So rule three or movie three. Everything's on the table, including the supernatural. Yeah. Kind of like what they did with I know what you did last summer. Kind of. Yeah. Where we didn't watch that one, so. Yeah, but you said he comes back as like a zombie thing. Yeah. I don't want to watch that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's fine. It seems stupid. Good. I don't. Because I don't want to see him. I don't think he's too terribly bad. All right. Anything else? No. No. So what do you guys think is going to happen in five? Uh, In five, I think that uh, 
Well, first, I think that the group from three is going to come back. Anyone can die, including the main character. Uh, or a main character. A.K.A. Sydney. Okay. Uh, is going to die, and I'm hoping that Dewey's going to live. Because it's my favorite character in all movies. All the movies. Yeah, dude. I love Dewey. I think he's very underrated as a character. Anyways. And I'm just hoping that Gale's going to get better. Anything and, else? And I think that uh, somehow the killer's just like going to be undefeatable and he's going to be like a ghost or something. And then they trap him in something and save the day. Uh, I think they're going to try to push the ghost zombie thing and have Jill come back somehow. Wow, you're stretching. (laughs) (laughs) But I I mean, that's fine. And I don't care what Mommy says. Dewey looks great with his mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Dewey's like the star character. (laughs) Alright, so I've watched the trailers for the new one. Because I can't help myself. I've also... I've avoided spoilers as best I can. But a couple things have leaked through. Yeah. So, apparently... Um, James A. Janice and... Chelsea Rebecca... From Dead Meat. It's a show that I watch. A podcast that I listen to. Great people. I love them. Even though I don't know them. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they have a cameo in it, which is really cool. Uh, like, congratulations to those two for the, that level of success. Yeah. That they're able to make that. Um, based on what I've seen from the trailers, I think we're going to get this cult of Ghostface kind of thing. And there's going to be a whole bunch of different killers. Mm-hmm. Do you think? And that's all I want to say. Do you think? think that if that is what's happening, that they're going to try to continue it throughout more of the series and continue it? Oh yeah, this is a very successful franchise and people love it. And as long as they keep making good and better movies, because like 3 was a wreck. We talked pretty good length, well I talked at you pretty good length about the problems that that movie had struggled yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but 4 was significantly better. Kevin Williamson came back to write, which helped. Um, there was fresh new stuff. They weren't year after year trying to come up with these things to comment on. They had the span of time where they could comment on things. And, like, this movie did a really good job showing the, sep- the, the time separation and how Dewey and Kale were so out of touch with things um, in relation to the younger kids. Right, so, like, Gail's trying to hide cameras around, and she's kind of got a grasp on technology, but she's hiding these big, huge cameras that are, like, kind of hard to hide at a time when there were much smaller cameras. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see them trying to continue this and allowing a future, especially considering... The Halloween movies. Yeah. Because those, they brought those back doing a, a, what I'm calling a, a requel 
So it's not a full reboot, but it's undoing all the previous sequels. And Halloween has done this several times already. There's like five different timelines you can follow. Yeah. And I think in, with that and the fact that it seems to be staying true to itself for the most part. Yeah. Because there hasn't been a proper reboot of Scream. Yeah. So that leaves it open to continue a story in a new way. There's some of these, there's a couple of these, like this one, where I've questioned, like, there's the potential there for a third killer. Yeah. Just because it, it would help that movie make a bit more sense. Or, like, just a phone call guy? Well, for most of them, I think having the other person making the phone calls is a reasonable enough explanation. Yeah. Like how I explained for, which I, I we definitely didn't do for recording, but um, after our rewatch, yeah. how I said, you know, most of the time it's Billy making the calls, and I think Stu is committing most of the actual murders. Yeah. Or doing most of the actual ghost face work. Yeah. Just because of how how they talk. You're, you can override that part of yourself, but there really isn't a need to. And if you, like, I'm again, we'll go back and watch these again at some point. That if you pay enough attention, you can tell, like, some of the jokes are jokes that Stu makes. And he just can't help himself but to make jokes. Yeah. Like, I do it a lot, right? Yeah. Like, I like to make jokes. I like to entertain the hell out of myself. I don't care if anybody else finds it entertaining. So, uh, I think with the the attack on Gail, that Jill attacked her, or Charles did, but Jill made, made it clear to stab her in the shoulder on purpose. If it is Charlie. Mm. Uh, she stabbed Charlie in the heart. No. Yeah. I'm talking about Gail. Oh. You said Charlie. Charlie. I'm saying Charlie. It could have been a mistake. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's pretty likely that Joel was the culprit there. Yeah. Because Charlie could have said something to her. And very likely did. But, you know, she would, she would definitely have to have the knowledge that Gail was stabbed in, in that shoulder in order to stab herself. Yeah. And then I think she did it on purpose, and then in the hospital, she mentioned it to give herself an excuse to go try to get Gail and Dewey. No, that's, killers always slip up, right? Yeah. Sydney said, calls her on that. You'll slip up at something. That's her slip up, because she's so arrogant, she's so caught up, and I've won, I've got this... This is going to go the way I want it. That she doesn't think about the implications that can have. And also, maybe because Gail wrote a couple books, she was doing that to get it into writing a book with Gail and to help her become famous. And she didn't think that anyone would take it as a clue. 
So, like, it, it is very possible. Um, I don't know, it's hard sometimes to mash timelines of events in movies. Because while you might not realize it, sometimes in movies things are happening simultaneously. But you can't really show them happening at the same time. Yeah. No, you made an argument with... Uh, she could have known because it could have gotten out to the public and put it on social media. Could have. That's a good breaker point. Because earlier in the movie, they do talk about how... I mean, Gail even points it out herself that, you know, the whole world already knows that this has happened, but she doesn't yet. She's yeah. the last one to find out, even though she's the sheriff's wife. Yeah, but it would have to be someone in the public because I don't think it would be the doctor, one of the doctors or nurses there because it would probably be against like the work policy to post. It would be stuff about balloons on social privacy. Media. Yeah, it would go against privacy policies. Um, however, not very many people would know. Be have the ability to know that Gil had been stabbed in the shoulder. They might know that she was attacked, but I don't know. I would have to go I would have to go back to that um, news report. Dooley would know, but I don't think he would post it on the internet. No, he wouldn't. Again, because one, he wouldn't have had enough time. Two, because privacy again yeah all right you guys got anything else no all right so that's the children watching um scream four uh relatively decent conversation all things considered a lot better than normal uh so thank you for listening uh if you found this enjoyable share it with somebody you think will enjoy it as well and till next time toodles